0: So, um, people, oh yeah, mm-hmm. why am I on silent. Yeah. Um, did you hear right now? I did. Right. Um, so basically, um, I've had some funny, funny moments in the massage room mm-hmm. where like me and the patient have just been dying or, you know, there's been some like emotional moments too. And every time I'd go home and I'd tell John about it, I was like, holy shit, why didn't I record that? And then... I'm trying to bust further into the comedy world. And I'm like, okay, what can, what do I have available to offer comedians? (laughs) And this has kind of been it. Like, and Steven, like Randolph, he was like, next time I host, you're on the potluck. So I'm like, okay, this is working. So.
1: Well, it's definitely like a hook, you know? Right. Everybody and their mother does a podcast now. I know. So it's like, I mean, because it's so easy. All you do is you just get some microphones and find a place yep and then uh but the massage thing is such a great hook because no who the who has who the hell says no to a massage
0: frank castillo (laughs) jeff ross um yeah
1: well i mean who the hell says no that isn't like like if i mean frank that's weird
0: yeah he said he'd do my podcast but he doesn't want me to massage him that's so weird that would be awkward unless you're gonna massage me and then (laughs) let's play that game all right so Get undressed, get under the sheets. Ooh, you're in for a treat. No, I promise this is not a dream. It's just a happy ending with Joy Ali. Hi, my happy enders, and now I'm going to do something a little different. I'm going to go through all of the sponsors, and if anybody does want to sponsor us, um, please get a hold of us on either social media or email me at joyshappyendings at gmail.com. Also, if you could like, subscribe, comment on iTunes, that would really help us get us up there. Um, So our sponsors right now are Blue Apron. Uh, Blue Apron is an amazing service where they actually go grocery shopping for you, send you the recipe and the food. All you have to do is cook and take the credit for it. Blueapron.com. I use, I love it. Uh, they're so simple and the recipes are really cool so it almost makes you feel a little fancy but if you go to blueapron.com slash happy endings which is b-l-u-e-a-p-r-o-n dot c-o-m slash h-a-p-p-y e-n-d-i-n-g-s you get 30% off your first box Uh, next we have Famous Smoke Shop Famous Smoke Shop is a cigar shop not another Well, not those type of smokes but um, Famous Smoke Shop it was nice enough to give us two promo codes so if you use hot 20 Which is HOT20, you get twenty dollars off your purchase of one hundred and forty-five dollars or more. Or HOT10, which is HOT10, you get ten dollars off your purchase of eighty-five dollars or more. Then we have Handy App. Handy App is an um, it's such a cool app because it's you can get anything from it. So if you need somebody to clean your pool, clean your house, if you need somebody to patch a wall, help fix something, it's a handyman. It's like the old school guy where you know maybe the milkman will start showing up again too. Um, but handy app, if you use promo code APPSAVE30, which is A-P-P-S-A-V-E-3-0, you get 30% off your first booking. And then Shoe Dazzle. I love shoes. Shoes are my thing. Shoes are my jam. So Shoe Dazzle, what you do is you take a quiz, and then they send you a shoe every month. So And you can pause it if you need to, which I don't understand why you'd want to pause getting shoes. But if you use promo code Happy Shoes, which is H-A-P-P-Y-S-H-O-E-S, You get $10 off your first, or $10, your first box will be $10. Like, how cool is that? And then Dollar Days, Dollar Days is a bulk website. I really, really suggest you go look at this website because you're going to find stuff you didn't know you needed. And you can get shampoo, conditioner, you can just get bulk stuff. It is amazing. And if you go to dollardays.com and use promo code HAPPYENDINGS20, which is H A P P Y E N D I. -I 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 N G S two Zero you get twenty dollars off a purchase of two hundred dollars or more or happy ending ship which is H A P P Y E N D I N G S S H I P you get a flat fee of shipping for nine ninety five. Now these episodes I'm actually, I've had these recorded for quite some time. These are open micers and friends and people who are really about to break into the business that helped me start this podcast. So, these questions, the interviews are pretty shaky. There's sometimes I don't really know what to do. This is me growing into the podcast, and I feel like the podcast is still growing. So, These are really fun episodes. I mean, like, I try to make all my episodes very organic. But I hope you enjoy these. And you can always contact us on social media. Email joyshappyindings at gmail.com. And I hope you enjoy. I guess we should introduce ourselves. Okay, so on the table, I have Isaac Allen. Hello. And he has been wanting to be on the table for quite some time.
1: i got a great view of your green toenails right now. Oh,
0: my God. Don't look at the other big toe. It's chipped. I went to a water park Too the other day. Too
1: late. I already saw
0: it. Oh, it's freaking me out. Wait. Like I told John, I'm like, we can't have sex until I fix my toenails. <laughs> because with my feet up in the air, all I'm going to do is fixate You're on that be- chip. Oh my god! would have the, we would be the worst sex ever. That's
1: really the difference between, like, men and women right there is because, like, a dude could be like, I got my foot cut off yesterday in a tragic accident. And then if they had to have sex and look at their feet, they'd be like, all right, that's, I guess I just don't have a foot now, but let's have sex.
0: Maybe I can put my stump inside
1: of her. Yeah, maybe, yeah, they'd just be thinking of other, what else can I do this for sexually that isn't too weird?
0: <laughs> she bends over, can I put my stump in her asshole?
1: <laughs> there's a, there's a, I take it this is an explicit podcast. Yes. Uh, There's a comedian that has like a stub arm, and I know a couple open micers that don't like her, and they call her Stub Hub.
0: (laughs) No! That's like Brody Stevens' joke. Is it? Yeah, he says that um, he went on a dating site for amputees. Oh, that's right. That's right. (laughs) Hey yo! You got it!
1: Hey yo! Yes! (laughs) Stay with me.
0: 818 for life. (laughs)
1: his, His act has such a weird flow to it that I don't remember a lot of his jokes. yes until he says them again and i'm like oh wait here it comes
0: right here comes the lincoln park joke
1: yeah he never says the one that had me dying when i was in la jolla i used to work as a door guy at the la jolla comedy store for Uh like three years and first time he came down i remember as brody stevens came down to headline and you know he's not for every crowd no especially like non-la crowds like Middle America crowds would just be like, what the fuck's going on over here? Who's this dude?
0: Right, and he also doesn't know their high schools and mascots, and that's like right. half his act right there. Right,
1: right, right. <laughs> so he, I remember he said a joke that I was in tears, because he just slipped it in there. That's uh-huh. the shit that gets me, is shit that's like, it's not even that funny. It just gets slipped in there when you least expect it. And huh He was just, like, losing the crowd for a minute. He was like, stay with me, guys. All right, just keep up. I know it's a struggle, but I'm the guy who struck out twice playing t-ball. Stick with me here. And I just, the visual of that got me.
0: It's just, like, Argus has his rice joke.
1: Yes, I love that joke so much.
0: And, like, you know, I don't know, maybe, like, you feel it, too. I know Emily feels it, too. Like, half the time you can... Guess the punchline. Yeah. So when he did that, I was not expecting that punchline. No. And it just, it hit me in the giggle spot. I'm like, oh my God, that's funny. Well,
1: that's the that's the thing about people like Argus who write the one-liners. Why wow, I'm jealous of those people because I can't, I'm more of like an abstract thinker when it comes to comedy. Like, what weird places can I take your brain that still make you think it's normal to think the way that I think? Right. Like, to me, that's my whole... Like, at my whole persona on stage. And, and just being vulnerable. For some reason, crowds want me to be vulnerable. I don't... I've tried the one-liners, and I've even had some good ones. Mm-hmm. Even though I suck at writing them. But, like, I've had a couple of good ones, and they almost get nothing every time. Because, for some reason, like, people see my face and my demeanor, and they're like, tell me all of your tortured troubles in, in your life. Right. We want to laugh at them, so... But I like talking about that, too. But Argus is like... He helps me a lot with punchlines.
0: Uh-huh. I
1: had this uh, this one... Spoiler alert. I had this bit... <laughs> about a prostate exam where so the premise is that i was 25 i had a sharp shooting pain and i had a prost i had to get a prostate exam
0: seen this before yes yeah
1: so you know the bit right Uh and the the, and so um i don't know if you've heard it before but uh, basically the guy told me to pull my pants down like right away because it could be serious
0: right it was his first the right. first thing he went to and
1: I was like uh, I don't know if I'm in that much pain and he was just like do it it could be like really serious so I did it he sticks his digit in my butt and then he pulls his finger out and he goes alright your prostate's fine quick pee in this cup it could be a kidney stone <laughs> right and the first punchline is why Why the fuck was that not option number one like why would why who opens with finger in the ass and, John no <laughs> That's, that's why I funny. got married. <laughs> that's how we hooked you, literally? <laughs>
0: yeah. He, instead of grabbing me by the pussy like the president, he right. grabbed me by the butt. Grabbed
1: me by the asshole.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like, all right, that's where we're going.
1: I wonder if he would have gotten in as much trouble if he would have said that instead of pussy. <laughs> I
0: but don't know. It, well, it would have opened it up to more people.
1: That's true. See? Everyone has an
0: asshole.
1: It's all about being inclusive these days.
0: Exactly.
1: Whether it be buttholes or vaginas, just be inclusive. But anyway, so Argus I had this other line about how and to add insult to injury when he handed me the cup to pee and he still had the glove on from earlier <laughs> like as if to say you know who has the real power here third door on the right have fun in the bathroom and uh Argus goes I was like I need a tag I need like a thing to just cap off the bit and he goes you know what you should say say these words and then the worst part was when the nurse came in and uh looked at me and looked at the other guy and said who was that guy? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it
1: was just like, fuck. Because his brain just works in that way. Yes, it Like does. with the rice joke. I'm like, it's something common
0: uh-huh that's what
1: people like him do they take something that is like really common that you that people say all the time or observe all the time or do all the time like a cliche or something but then they just take it in a totally different direction so everybody knows the bag of rice thing you know uh-huh. every, everybody who's ever had alcohol knows like oh that's when you get drunk and you chop your phone in water you right or you jump in a swimming
0: pool So you fall in a swimming pool.
1: So basically he just says exactly what everybody is thinking and then just at the end goes boop.
0: Uh huh. Gotcha. Yeah, that little quick turn and you're like, Whoa. Yep. That I um I applied for Argus's show, and the application they send it that day. I don't know if you applied for it, but um, which
1: uh, what do you mean, Argus's his podcast?
0: No, his late night show, late night starring Argus Hamilton.
1: I didn't even know he had a late night. I'm, <laughs> I'm so bad at keeping up with people's things because I'm just Midwesterner, like through and through. I'm just like, can we just like drink and have fun?
0: <laughs> this isn't fun. But um, I'm I'm a writer by me saying that. And
1: um <laughs> wait, 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 you sell books and stuff. Yeah. That's dope. That's amazing.
0: So um what they did is they send you the application that day and it you have to write five one line jokes, like late night monologue jokes. And um it has to be on something that happened in the news that day and you had four hours to do it. And that was an experiment for me. It was very fun. It was wow. very stressful. I divorced John like four times because like, oh. I'd tell him a joke and he'd be like, "I don't get it." I'm like, "I hate you."
1: <laughs> yeah, I found like yeah. I found like significant others are tough to bounce ideas off of because because yes. you 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 only confide in them and trust them because you love them and you've oh. known them for so long, and then you forget like, oh, this person doesn't know a goddamn thing about what I'm talking about. Yes.
0: Well, see, my thing is, like, um, John does not hold back, especially with comedy and especially for me. So, um, like, I'll get off stage, and to me, I'm like, holy crap, that was a great set. Like, I'm floating. I'm, like, super high. I'm like, yes. Yeah. And then he'll be like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I liked it when you did the joke the other way. And I'm like, why? Give me an hour first.
1: <laughs>
0: like, can we not have some post-coital, like, joke telling first?
1: Dude, here's what you do. You record all your sets. I do. And then you just, and, you, and then you go, oh, yeah? And then you just play it back for him and be like, then why does everybody laugh harder this time?
0: <laughs> Boom, motherfucker.
1: Yeah, I got pr- I got evidence. Fuck <laughs> a stenographer. I got the recordings here.
0: But the sad thing is, half the time, he, more than half the time, he's right. I'm like, fuck, just don't tell me
1: that yet oh uh, yes i see i'm see. like i
0: want some happiness right like, i'm a comic you know i'm not happy we have three boys that's like,
1: huh? that's really a great metaphor for marriage because it's like the other person is simultaneously supporting you while also kind of cutting down your dreams in the moment right <laughs> you know what i mean like because he's doing a good thing maybe like because you're like he's right it's just give me a fucking second right like, give me don't give me a kiss, tell
0: me I did good, and then...
1: Yeah, and then in an hour when I'm home and the kids won't go to sleep...
0: Right, and uh, I'm reliving my dream in my head and going, you know what, maybe it wasn't the best set. Because when you get off at first, you're like, yes, and then you start doubting everything, and you're like, nobody laughed.
1: Well, that's that's what a lot of comics in the 80s, why they all got hooked on coke, Uh is because they would get that high from killing... And comedy, the boom was so big in the 80s, like, a crowd, if you could go up and just not pee your pants, a crowd would laugh at you, whatever uh-huh. you say. And so everybody would kill, and then they'd get off stage, and it's like, they're riding this high, chicks are talking to the dudes, and... You know everybody's drinking and having a good time and then they go how do i keep this buzz going because it's so temporary it is like it Mm -hmm. it it goes and then it fades that's the issue with like what we do is the instant gratification is why we do it Mm -hmm. but instant gratification never lasts no so you have to keep doing it
0: you know what's funny though is um i was in the green room doing chair massages Mm -hmm. and i met ryan sickler And he went out and he went on stage. I couldn't hear what he was saying, but the crowd was just ridiculously responsive to him. Mm -hmm. And then he came back out and I go, hey, I don't know what you were saying. I'm all but good set. And I go, that is my favorite sound in the world. And he looked at me and he was completely serious and he goes, that's the drug. Yeah. And I stopped, and I go, you want to hear the weird thing about that? And he's like, what? And I go, I've never done any type of drug in my life. Really? Uh Uh-huh. And I go, this is the only drug I've ever chased. Yep. And he's like, then that means you have it bad.
1: It's an addiction, because if you don't... So tell me this, Joy, because I bet I could guess the answer. Do you get, like, jittery and, like, irritable when you don't get on stage for, like, three days? Yes. Mm -hmm. It's, yeah it, and you don't you don't even you're not consciously aware of it you're just like why am i a dick today
0: you know what that's when john's like you need to go do an open mic yeah. with the kids like he's yeah. kicked me out of the house he's made me call emily mm-hmm. and he's like just call emily and go out and i'm like oh okay we're going to flappers we're going to flappers Give me that magic talking stick,
1: please. Yeah, the magic. T- that's what the microphone really is. Mm-hmm. Jason, Tebow, and I, were at, we were making each other laugh on the way up to, a, or down, I guess, up, down, I don't know, to the Hermosa Beach, down to the Hermosa Beach uh, show that Mary runs. Yes,
0: got, I got I to open that show
1: once. Oh, it's a fun show. It
0: is such a fun show.
1: Yeah, you get a little bit of cash, you get fed, it's great, it's outdoors, everybody's happy to be there.
0: Wait, wait, Huh? <laughs> a little bit of cash wait what well i don't know no i was the opener i didn't get anything oh, yeah. it's okay. it was like
1: 20 bucks it was like because just off tips basically right um and it was uh it was that feels really good by the way because i have sciatica well it's, on the, have, right like side. it's on the right it's on the right side but i can feel yeah you no know, but um but anyway i did that show and tebow and i were joking around about like because i go you know the mic drop is cheesy so we need to like one get like do a one-up on that. Like what? So I said the version of my mic drop now would just be kill so hard, get a standing ovation, take the mic out of the stand, unplug it, drop the cord, and then pocket the mic and walk off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> and then he one-upped me because this was way better. He goes, nah, man, mine is uh kill so hard, get the standing ovation, uh, go back behind the curtain, pull out some shears, clip the mic cable, and just walk away.
0: <laughs> Stick it in your back pocket. <laughs> just
1: so they have to get a new cable if someone wants to go <laughs> on stage. I was like, that is perfect.
0: Yeah, well you win. And then you have a herpes-filled mic in your back pocket. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, freaking, I seen. I saw an open mic the other day who was scratching his beard with the mic when he was trying to think of what to say. Uh-huh. And I was like, can can we make like laws against that shit?
0: I've seen Bobby Lee put it all the way to the back of his throat. <laughs>
1: oh, God. And
0: why? I'm all in the original room. I'm all, oh, my God. That's the potluck mic. Like, holy yeah, crap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're degenerates. Don't do that. I'm
1: just like, because of that now and how sick, uh, comics don't stay home sick. They go out and just get every other comic sick. The
0: comic flu is going around right now yeah. really bad.
1: That's what, I'm like on the tail end of it. I'm like about to be done with it, but it still sucks. Cause, so I, basically now I just never eat the mic anymore. I, Which actually is good, because then it gives you, you start learning how to have freedom with your limbs and be more relaxed at holding it up to your face the whole time. Uh Uh-huh. And then I just do that and talk louder.
0: Right, just project
1: more. Yeah.
0: That was the thing that I found. I went and did an audition at the Ice House, and they didn't have a microphone, and everybody was really, really befuddled by that, but I can't, like, I've done theater, and so I was like, just talk loud. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: Right. What was the uh, audition for?
0: Well, it made it sound like it was your first step to uh, get past. Like, j- like, to start getting, like, development spots or something like that. Right. But it turned out just to be a bringer show.
1: Yeah, that's what happens. That's why I ask, because the Ice House is kind of... It's an amazing club. Mm-hmm. I You never have a bad show at the Ice House. Like, if you have a bad show... Well, I mean, obviously, I don't know what happens when there's no microphone. Yeah. But it's... The crowds are so hot there all the mm-hmm. time. It's just crazy. Like, I could... You could just go up on stage and just, like, fart into the mic eight times and get a standing ovation. Like, it's crazy. Yeah.
0: I've never been to the Ice House.
1: You gotta do a show I there. I need
0: to do that. Mm-hmm.
1: Hit up, uh, what is this guy. I think his name is Jan. He books a show, probably, like, 30 bucks, and it's, uh, I think it's called Down and Dirty. Okay. And it's for, if you have a lot of, like, dirty, like, blue material, mm-hmm. it's, like, good for that. And I, I don't have a lot of blue material. I'm actually predominantly clean, but I still, I can, like, raunch it up. <laughs> right you know so i've done that show a few times and i always have a good set last time i did it I, it was in the the first time I was in the main room uh there and the second time I was in that little side room and the second time my mom was there with me and my Hmm. ex-wife was like trying to text me about stuff and I was like look, I'm with my mom right now so I'm not gonna focus on this as you could probably guess I'm going through a hard time since you were the cause I didn't say that she was the cause of that but right. I was just you know it's implied
0: you're all she
1: knows and I'm like yeah you yeah, like you know bitch come on
0: <laughs> you got it. Yeah, and she, you know you
1: she sent me this like long nasty like text and I was like this is great I'm going on stage in like 10 minutes so I'm just gonna go on there and read this. <laughs> And do like play-by-play commentary of like what I was thinking as I'm reading it with, and my mom was in the crowd, uh-huh. and like the crowd just loved it. They loved it. That when you go through shit like that, the rawness, the crowds will love, even though what you're saying might not be that clever or funny or smart. Mm-hmm. You'll get big laughs because of the rawness. It's then when that emotion fades, then you're like, oh, I gotta write jokes to this. Right? Like I gotta take what i've been doing and use that as a jumping off point for actual punch signs and
0: form it yeah that is so funny because ah, like three weeks ago um i was about i just got pulled from the bucket and john calls me and i'm like why is john calling me he never calls me when i'm on open mic so i grab my phone and he's like what are you doing i'm like i just got my name pulled from the bucket and he's like never mind and i'm like what and our middle son has ADHD, and every once in a while he has his little meltdowns. <laughs> yep. And John's like, He's just having a meltdown. I didn't want to kill him, so I decided to call you. <laughs> and I'm like, Do I need to come home? And he's like, No, no, do your set. You're fine. We've got it. I got him calmed down. I just wanted to hear your voice for a minute. And then he hangs up. And they're like, Okay, uh-huh. welcome to the stage, Joy Eileen. And I'm like, Mmm. Right. <laughs> so yeah. I got on stage, and I'm like, I need to go. <laughs> Um, and they're all laughing and I go, yeah, you know, my son has ADHD and I'm all, and you know, fuck that. And there's this chick on Facebook and it was like so raw and it was just like bouncing back and Mm -hmm. forth. And I'm all, there's this stupid chick mom on Facebook who talks about how there's no such thing as ADHD. And it's just because we don't feed our kids real food. We feed them processed food and we don't make them play outside enough. And I was like, you know what? Fuck her. That woman, her hair's done, her makeup's done, she's probably showered today. And I'm all, how nice do you think my life would be if all I had to do is shove a piece of broccoli down my kid's throat and make him go ride his bike for an hour? Yeah. I'm like, how nice her life must be if cauliflower solves her goddamn life. And like, I was just so frustrated. And then I got off stage and um, it was Malcolm. He came up to me, he gave me a hug, and he's like, damn. <laughs> and I'm all, yeah. Yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that. And he's like, no, no, it was good. And I'm all, uh, mm-hmm. okay. I'm like, all right.
1: Yep. It's always good in that moment. Like, no one, no one will really like, you know, there's no jokes. To like remember because people that's what they remember uh-huh. but people will remember like they enjoyed you
0: ryan seeing me to have a meltdown yeah. on stage yeah and then i'm like now i get to go home and deal with that
1: <laughs> oh dude when i when i went when uh, my wife the weekend she asked so she asked for a separation on a saturday and then the next sunday asked for a divorce like literally the next day and so i had to go on the road to sacramento uh that i think thursday or friday literally that following week so i was like it's kind of perfect timing like i, I just needed to get out of the fucking apartment uh-huh. you know that we were no longer going to be living it together right so i was just like i can't hang around this area and then uh and then i got a thread in my mouth hold on there we go and then uh i went there and i was like doing five minutes of like my act or whatever i was featuring so i was and i was killing i was doing great and then i just like looked at the crowd the laughter died and i just was like in my head, I was like, I can't not talk about it. Uh-huh. Like, it's so recent. And so I just looked at the crowd and I go, all right, guys, I'm going to level with you real quick. I don't want to talk about anything that I've prepared because my wife just asked for a divorce like five days ago and I'm not sure, like, where I stand right now. And the crowd just got, like, really quiet. And a couple of people gasped. And I was like, ooh, this is an interesting energy.
0: Right? let me Let's play with let this. Let me
1: play with this a little bit. And I ended up coming up with this. I already had an idea for a bit, but that was where I first tried out the Hercules... I don't know if you've heard me do the Hercules bit. I don't know
0: if I about, have. I've seen you like four or five times.
1: Yeah. Uh, I've kind of not done as much of the divorce stuff lately because I'm just like writing other stuff that I really enjoy. Right. And, like I'm feeling good about it. Um, but the it the, was the first time I tried the bit, and the bit was basically how uh, you learn s- so many things about yourself going through divorce. And I was like, at the moment, I was going through it. So I was learning. I was like, I'm learning that, the worst the breakup like the bitch or the music i listen to at the gym when i'm working out
0: (laughs) right because like
1: any other breakup i'm lifting weights to like ushers you got it bad or (laughs) i'm like bench pressing to boys men end of the road oh i'm like but this is my first marriage and divorce at 30 like i'm on a treadmill running to disney's hercules (laughs) i'm I'm like running i'm like i will find my way i can go the distance (laughs) i don't care I'm just weeping in front of grown men like twice my size. I'm just like, I don't even give a shit. Don't look at me. Yeah. No, I, I look at it and then I make like direct eye contact with yes. them. And I'm like, this is what a real man goes through.
0: This crying, is it.
1: Crying on a treadmill in front of other men.
0: Listening to Disney.
1: And I just like kind of winged that joke right like in Sacramento and all of a sudden it was just like murdered. Like people were like rocking back and forth in their seats laughing and I was going, I'm not used to getting this kind of laugh. Like I've... I've killed before, mm-hmm. but there's something different about these laughs I'm getting. And I like it a lot. It's more meaningful. Whatever right. these laughs are, they're more meaningful. I can't describe it. It's just that it's it's like people aren't just laughing. Like they're throwing their head back and like shaking their head. Like they're, like they're replaying every bad decision they've ever made in their right. life.
0: <laughs>
1: Some people are leaning forward with their hands on their knees, like laughing, but with their head in their hands... So you can't tell if they're crying or laughing.
0: Right, both. A little bit of both.
1: And I was just like, this is what I want from now on. I want these laughs.
0: I love that. So how, when did you start comedy?
1: I started comedy about six years ago. So 2000 and, what's it, 18 right now? So 2012-ish. Okay. In San Diego and uh i because i gave up on doing music basically and i still was doing music stuff too and like even while i had done stand-up i was doing um uh i went to ecuador to play with my band
0: okay Um, i was gonna ask because you have the tattoo oh yeah, yeah yeah okay so what okay we'll get back to the comedy stuff But what music, how, when was that? How does that? Like, what
1: kind of music? Uh, so I've been basically playing, like, percussion and drums and stuff since I was, like, you know, in, in like, middle school, basically. Okay. And, uh, I've always been, like, a drummer at heart, but I just, I knew melody and theory from, like, learning how to play the xylophone and marimba and all that stuff, so I... That that's like that makes you a really good it's a really good asset as a drummer to know melody because then you understand when other people are playing they want you to be less busy or more busy and you kind of understand exactly what they want because mm-hmm. they're like oh I'm switching it's it's a one four five progression we're gonna go you know C F G so I go oh so like basically like pop drums like you want something just basically four on the floor And they're like oh yeah like they like because I because I get what one four five is. Okay. It's the, it's it's in like ninety seven percent of songs on the radio. Okay. That's like the progression they use. So I studied music in high school. I was in drum line.
0: So you went to band camp. And uh, yep,
1: yeah, went to band camp. I
0: went to band camp too.
1: Uh, I didn't finger anybody. Uh, I
0: passed out. <laughs> in band camp.
1: Yeah, there's been a, there was a few of those because we. <laughs> where were you hold on so where did you live when you were doing band camp
0: Madeira. so fresno you know fresno
1: yeah fresno yeah
0: you were just there yeah
1: it was fun yeah uh, you,
0: you didn't die
1: i didn't die i thought i was going to it was like a hundred and was it say 105 was like the, what it got to eventually yeah um yeah but so wait where were we we were band camp so band camp yeah it was the same in Indiana, like it's except it was humid. Like at least Fresno was like dry, right? But but band camp in Indianapolis was like it was humid and it was the same temperature as Fresno. It was like one
0: hundred
1: and three. Yeah. So uh, we're out on the and we mark our charts on the parking lot out in the. Uh, you guys didn't even get the
0: football field.
1: Nope, that was like for certain. Like when we were getting ready to do a big competition, they let us use the field. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because it's just a lot harder to march. You know, it's a lot harder to march on the field than the parking lot. It is, yeah. But but we also needed a place where we could write down our our uh, uh, charts with glass chalk. Uh-huh. For those listeners out there who don't know what charts is, that's <laughs> where you have to start and stop when you walk and move.
0: <laughs> because you're in formation. Yes,
1: and if you overshoot, you look really dumb sticking out of the formation, or you'll run into someone with a flute.
0: Or a flag, because I was the
1: yeah. <laughs> Killer. People, It was funny when people got hit with those. Not at the moment, because you're like, are you okay? And then they would be like, yeah, I'm okay. And then you start laughing at them.
0: Hit a couple people with my flag. Me yeah. included.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've seen that happen. I would, that's why I would never, I'd be too scared to use the rifles or the sabers. The
0: sabers.
1: Because the sabers, man, those things, just catching them with your hands hurts bad enough.
0: Yes, and then you put the rubber bands on them so they snap really hard. Oh, oh God, yeah. Oh, band cam.
1: I know, right? But our feet would literally when we'd be standing in at attention, and band camp would be in the middle of August, so you'd uh-huh. be standing on the asphalt and like you could feel your feet start to like sink into the asphalt,-huh just these drum, I got these like fifty pound drums on, and I'm just like, sweating I probably that's probably where my lower back problems come from it's just from sense. doing doing band camp. Or doing doing drumline for four years, carrying... What was I was fourth bass drum for two years, and then I was quads for two years and drum captain my senior year. And we won two national titles. Nice. Marching man? yeah. Go
0: Indiana.
1: It's freshman year and senior year, so I came in with a bang and I <laughs> went out with a bang.
0: Nice. Yeah. I only did it my junior year, and then I was like, eh.
1: It's not for everybody.
0: No, because we were all in a line. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so we were all in a line, and... The band director was like, don't lock your knees because you'll... You'll pass out. I passed out. (laughs) In the middle of
1: him saying that.
0: And according to everyone, I did like a full circle with my feet planted. So I just like went all the way around. (laughs) And then I hit the grass and bounced three times. Wham, wham, wham. Jesus. And then the band director is all like that. And, (laughs) And then the female band director turns me around no 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 i must have been a freshman yeah freshman sophomore she turns me around and she looks at me and she goes are you pregnant and i go how long was i out and what did you do to me like i was like fuck rosemary's baby was inserted in me <laughs> while i was passed out And i'm like i'm still a virgin and then all of the, like, the flute players and drummers were like she's a virgin now you gotta get her and I'm like, did you guys inseminate me while I was passed out? Like, I'm so confused. And then she's looking at me like, why? Did you really
1: you... say that to her? How long was I out? <laughs> like, that's so hilarious.
0: Yes. Who that... put
1: a baby in me while I see Because that's what happens in the world. Everybody knows that.
0: Do we, is my name Rosemary now? Like, do I just change my name immediately? Like, what is it? Oh, my hair. Is a demon with a flute gonna
1: come out of me? Like nah. demons carry those. Oh, look at you, <laughs>
0: demon expert. Yeah. Sorry, I'm not up on my demonology.
1: No, it's all right. I uh, I know plenty about demons. I don't know why I said that. That doesn't make any it's sense. Kind of,
0: you're it really was, relaxed. I was trying maybe?
1: to be like yeah. I was trying to just be like really weird for a minute, and it worked.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: But I couldn't commit to it hard enough <laughs> to keep it going.
0: Just
1: lay there. Lay there and look pretty. <laughs> pretty. Pretty with my man bun.
0: Pretty with your man bun. Okay, but, so music.
1: Yeah, so music was, uh, it was like the one thing I could always go back, I was like super serious for a while about it to the point where it annoyed people because anyone who's like super serious about music, it's just annoying where they're just like, oh, excuse me, but that's actually influenced by the Baroque period and you're like, hey, how about you <laughs> shut the fuck up forever? Uh,
0: I'm going to go jump off a bridge and die.
1: Um, by the way, I did come up with it So, during the day, I work with adults with disabilities, uh-huh. and my client has uh, mild autism and bipolar disorder. Also has severe ADHD, so I don't know exactly what you're hot. talking about with that. Oh, he's 21 and uh, has never had sex. but Totally date him. Right? Uh, I hope you love Disney quotes. <laughs> That's my type
0: right there. You're just turning me on.
1: But he loves comedy. That's why they put me as his coach, because they knew I was a comedian, and that he would love me right off the bat, which he did. And so he, but he loves clean comedy. He hates like anything like R-rated. He's just like, he's like, I'll just center it in my head. I'm like, okay. Uh, but he, uh, I told him. So he likes when I come up with like dad jokes. Uh-huh. I'll come up with these little daddy dad jokes and tell him. And I'm trying to remember the one I told him. when I said something like, uh, why Why couldn't the What is it? Why couldn't the mid-century cellist play his instrument? And then he said, why? And I said, because it was (laughs) Baroque. Right. And he thought that was like the funniest thing. (laughs) And I'm not going to lie, I'm kind of proud of it. I'm kind of proud of that joke.
0: I was going to say, that's kind of the... No, no, in Disney and Beauty and the Beast, he's taking Belle through the mansion, because I'm a mom, and I watched Beauty and the Beast way before I had kids. Um, And he goes, yeah, this was from the Baroque period. And as you know what they say, if it's not Baroque, don't fix it. Mm-hmm.
1: And that was from the clock. Cogsworth. Oh, that was a Cogsworth line? That was a Cogsworth oh, line. Oh, now I don't feel so... Oh, wait, that's what my client said, too. He goes, he goes. oh, I know about the Baroque period. I get it. And I go, really? And he goes, yeah, from Beauty and the Beast. And mm-hmm. I was like, I have no idea what he's talking about.
0: <laughs> See, I told you, him and I would get along. John, I, you're out.
1: No, but it's crazy because I love all that Disney you stuff. Like Batman? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Because I do have the Batman Tramp stamp. Oh yeah? Yeah.
1: It's the bat signal. It's
0: right above the bat cave. Um.
1: <laughs> whenever, whatever, 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 hold on, hold on, wait, I got one. So whenever your husband is behind you, and you're, you're like, hey, don't put it in my ass, and he's like, alright, I, I won't do it. And then you turn around and you go, swear to me! <laughs> <laughs> Promise.
0: Swear to me, Robin.
1: You want to hear the grossest joke I ever told?
0: <laughs> yes, I do.
1: It's so dumb.
0: All I know is this needs to start being in every podcast that I do. I need to know the grossest joke every comedian on the table has told. Yes. Did you
1: feel that pop? I did that feel was that red. pop. That was a good one. Uh, all right. So I used to do this bit on stage. It was so... Du- it actually worked pretty well, but it was just so dumb and gross. I stopped doing it. I go... I like to go down a woman on a woman when she's on her period because I have a little fun with it. I go down and then I turn my head to the left and I turn my head to the right and then I come up. I go, "Why so serious?" Shit, <laughs> it's so stupid. But it made me laugh a lot.
0: I'm trying to think of the dirtiest joke I told and there's so many. Mine are just super inappropriate. Like I talk about like selling my kid's butthole to I was the highest bidder, the pedophile. <laughs> And then all these comics were like, Joy, you took it too far. I'm like, bitch, you're comics. You can't afford my kid's asshole anyway. Like, mm. calm down.
1: So, how long have you been doing stand up?
0: Uh, it's kind of weird. So, I did it for my 32nd birthday just because I wanted to. So, five minutes, haha, comedy, Um, $5. And then I didn't do it for years later. And then I was massaging a guy, and he, we were just having so much fun on the massage table, joking around, not that type of fun. And um, he's like, "Joy, you're so funny," and he's like, "You're so fast." He's like, "You need to do comedy," and I'm like, "Hey, I tried it once." And I was, he's like, "What about it?" And I'm like, "It was fun. Like I did five minute set first time I got on stage. I did not bomb." And he was like you need to take stand-up classes, and I'm like, oh, all right, whatever, and then the next day he called me, and he's like, hey, I got you in a stand-up class. His name's Tom Clark. He's super awesome, and then I did stand-up with Tom Clark, I did his, two of his classes. I did um, 101 and 102, and then I showcased at the Improv, and that was like two years later, so 34, and then like 35, I would do like maybe a show every two months at Flappers, and then this year in January, John's like, joy, I have your New Year's resolution. And I'm like, bitch, if you tell me I need to lose weight, I'm going to stab you with this fork after I eat this cake.
1: I would think he would know better.
0: Yeah, just in case. And then he's like, no, you need to either, you need to start doing more comedy. He's like, you enjoy it. You have fun doing it. He's like, but this doing it twice a month or once a month, every two months or something, whatever. And then I started doing open mics. Like he actually got online and found open mics for me. And then we started hanging out more at the comedy store and getting to know all the door guys. And you guys are amazingly nice to us. And you know, the door guys are kind of starting to take me under their wing and, And then I just, out of the whim, because I kept telling people, I was like, my first Netflix special isn't going to be me pulling people out of the audience and massaging them and then just doing crowd work on them. And then somebody's like, you, you know, are you ever going to do a podcast? And I'm like, well, I have this podcast idea where I massage comedians. And then I was like batting it around. And then finally the guy who gave me that microphone, he's like, you're massaging me. We're recording it. And you're going to start your podcast. And then I started doing that. And now I've been in like green rooms and doing massage in green rooms. I got to massage Wanda Sykes. Um, <laughs> totally dorked out on Maz Jobrani. <laughs> yeah,
1: you told me about that. Yeah. yeah. So
0: um, yeah. So now it's like massage now with comedy, and now I'm getting in further with comedy. So it's just been a weird. Yeah,
1: it's a, the way that you get in with comedy is so crazy. Yeah. It's so it's so particular just to like you. It's like. Everyone thinks there's some... That's what I've learned, is when people say there's a certain formula, like, I don't believe them unless I really... Unless they're like an 18-year veteran headliner that knows their shit.
0: But even then, in and 18 even the, years, yeah. it's changed.
1: Yep, yep, yep. I mean, if you're going to just do clubs around the country, it's all kind of the same. But even then, it's like, you know, you have Instagram stars that think they can do 20 minutes of comedy that sell out mm-hmm. clubs on the road and then bomb for 20 minutes.
0: Jeremy Piven, Sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's fucking terrible,
0: dude. <laughs> we just watched him last night. and I, was, I saw him live one time and Joy was like, what, he does comedy? And I was like, yep, looked it up. i like, oh my gosh. And then I was like, wait, I still haven't seen him do comedy yet, so. <laughs>
1: it's not good. It's like watching the, like a person from the Special Olympics try and play the actual Olympics
0: right
1: like it's like oh he's got some of the skills but they're just underdeveloped
0: and the whole thing was he was he was waiting for the celebrity like I'm a celebrity I'm gonna get the celebrity laughs which a lot of it he did yeah
1: yeah but he at least was like I'll give him this he uh, like knows he sucks does he? he does I've heard him talk about it but the problem is is he'll talk shit about other successful comics like Mm. oh they're only you know successful because of this and that and and it's like like, I think he's... Like, I don't know. I don't want to speak out of turn, but I think he's got beef with, uh, like, Dalia Like, he talk Or at least he talks shit about D'Elia. And I'm like, look, I'm, I'm, D'Elia's not my favorite. I don't think any of his jokes are really that great. But he is an undeniable beast of comedy. Like, yeah. Like, everything works for him. He's, he's got the funny voice. He's got the funny mannerisms. He's got the energy. He's got the inflection. He's got the laugh.
0: He's got the confidence.
1: He's got the confidence. And he's got... He's got, and then there's, you know, he at least sells jokes really well and can have some really decent punchlines. Right. So, like, so, like, uh... Don't kick me. No, I won't. But, like, if you ever watch his, like, five minutes he did on Lopez Tonight, it was, like, years ago, that was one of my, that's, like, hands down my favorite set I've ever seen of his.
0: Which one's that? Because I've seen the Cuban one, that one makes me get, and the drunk girls.
1: Yeah, that's the... Where do I
0: park? Because I say that all
1: the time where do i park yeah i'm, I'm trying to remember that lopez tonight he did some bit about uh about J- uh japanese people always like add syllables to like words because he talked about recording his voice like and like, I have to do laundry, like, recording on the thing. Be like, I have to do laundry. Click. And then he, like, every time he plays it back, he just hates his voice.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: every time he plays it back, he's like, uh, I have to do laundry at the 3 p.m. He's like, Why, when did I become a Japanese man <laughs> on the other side of this recording? And then it, he goes into this bit about, like, like Japanese people adding syllables. So he goes, you know how they say McDonald's? They say, America do Donald's. And he's like, yeah, they just added I like the chicken to the nuggets and it uh, the fries on a And his voice and he starts, is
0: fantastic Right,
1: right. And he's got the the great because 'cause I'm a <laughs> and he just does all this stuff. And then he's he switches into like talking about gangsters and like listening to rap music and he goes, Why do they always laugh at the beginning of like tracks now? Like that's the thing. Or like you'll just hear at the beginning of a track, you turn it on, track one, and it's just like ah, 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 Oh no! Here it comes. And he was like, "What happened before this? I want to hear what happened before. Why is this guy laughing at the beginning of the track? You should have hit record earlier because I want to hear who told a joke in the studio." I need that part. Right, and then he's just like, and then they'll like blame you for stuff. Like they will be like, ah, ha, ha, ha. "Oh no, not another one!" And you're like, "Yes, another one. That's why I bought the album. That's right. why I have it." I didn't buy a single. Yeah, but anyways, I'm not like gonna sit here and just do his whole five minutes. <laughs> but that was my favorite set of his it was like the perfect combination between like like his persona and the jokes and his voice and all that stuff
0: Okay, now let's get back to how, okay, so you, because I interrupted you because I had to know about music, um, comedy, how did you start? Uh,
1: depression. Okay. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that if you really dig into it, a hundred percent of people, ah, that kind of hurts, uh, a hundred percent of people that start comedy do it because of some sort of depression.
0: I completely concur.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, even if you're like a generally upbeat person Mm -hmm. and you're starting comedy, it's like there's something about just hating everything that makes you start comedy like about your life not just like indiscriminately hating everything but just be like this i don't like where my life is i don't like where it's headed i don't like the people around me
0: i don't like who i am i don't like
1: who i am and you just when you think about that for some reason (laughs) yeah my kids i'm gonna sell them to an orphanage (laughs) uh but you end up just i for me it was i was working like a what was supposed to be a nine to five that ended up being like a fucking like six to like eight like it was just like 14 hour days it was a shitty lab job i was making okay money and i was surviving fine but i was just like drinking all the time because like it was the only way i could cope with like just like you know going to work and being in this mundane life now like i had no girlfriend she had just moved she moved where'd she move to pennsylvania to do teach for america and, like, I, I literally, like, it was one of the saddest days. Like, I was really... We were already said we love each other and all this stuff. And then she was debating not taking the, the gig because she was going to stay and keep dating me. Uh-huh. And I was like... It was literally, like, rom-com shit. Like, I shot myself in the foot because I was like, you know what? You do what's right for you. I i would never be like i'd never get rid of the guilt if you stayed for me and this didn't work out and i just have to be like the bigger man and just say you do what you have to do regardless of me right and so she was like i really appreciate that i think i'm gonna go and i was like well isaac you d- dumbass you fucked that one up and uh so i literally like drove her to the airport and like watched her flight like leave like it was just the saddest fucking thing
0: and this wasn't the ex-wife,
1: right? No, 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 this is way before that. Okay. And so I ended up, if uh, it was some other white girl, and... Fucking white
0: girls, they all look the same. Uh,
1: no, they don't all look the same, they all, they all act the same. <laughs> okay. I'm in a rut, is what I'm trying to tell you, Joy. i I'm in a white girl rut here, and I'll have a crush... We are
0: like potholes.
1: Uh, yeah, <laughs> just, just, just poking holes in all the wheels all right <laughs> uh,
0: well then we need to talk later and i'll tell you where you should put coals and maybe the white girls will stay yeah <laughs>
1: uh, or i could just stop dating white girls that's true
0: <laughs> if right. you ever need a wing woman i am fan
1: are you good oh, yeah. because here's the thing i always fuck up because i always project my insecurities so i just end up going like oh that that chick doesn't want me and then later i find out like dude that chick really wanted to you. She wanted you and to split your pothole. Exactly. She wanted me to fill her pothole. And
0: grab her by the butthole.
1: Grab her by the puss butthole. It's <laughs> like a so you're just ball. going
0: bowling with white girls now. just
1: bowling white chicks. gonna me, the name of my first special. There you go. Bowling white chicks. And then, uh, but yeah, so I ended up, she, you know, she left. Obviously we broke up and then, uh, I cried like a bitch on the way home from the airport. And then, uh, I got that job and it was fine at first because I just needed something to make money and then I just ended up hating that job. The music thing was kind of like faltering. I hadn't really made it the way I thought I would at that point and I was just depressed and I remember always enjoying stand-up and I always liked watching it and Mm -hmm. I was enamored by bits. Like I'm one of those people that as soon as I saw stand-up, I knew what bits were. You know, like like there's those people that look at it and they just go, oh, it's just a guy being funny. Uh You're like, that's not what it is. Like, I could recognize that oh, there's a punchline, oh, there's a setup. And so I started writing down these little stories and these jokes that were terrible and shitty, and they were not good. But I literally drove by the Comedy Palace in San Diego, which is like a which is like a B club there. It's one of my favorite clubs there. It's so much fun. Uh, you get the weirdest clientele out there sometimes, too, which makes it even more fun.
0: That's why I like tutors on Hollywood. Dude, it that one's great. Comes, I love they, that show. They just shut it down. I'm... What? Yeah.
1: Like... The comedy chow show, and like Steven's show, they yeah, shut it down? Yeah,
0: it's gone. What the fuck? They got new management, and oh. they want the top room for football.
1: Oh, get the fuck out of here. That's what the bottom room was for. Yeah,
0: I know. It was my favorite. Honestly, that stage is where I felt most comfortable it's a ghetto. It's
1: a ghetto OR. Yes. It's what it is. It's
0: my favorite. It
1: it's. It was the best. <sighs> that's sad. Sorry, I
0: didn't mean to break you down.
1: Oh, that's fine. It just, like, it bums me out when a good show. Like, shows, you know, pop up and go down. Like fucking whackable. Uh-huh. But when it's a good show it makes you feel really bad. I
0: agree. Okay, uh, so you're driving by Comedy Palace, sorry, didn't you? Drive
1: by the Comedy Palace. I looked at it, I I looked at my little notebook where I write down my dumb thoughts <laughs> and I just went, fuck it. And I did like a U turn and it just happened to be open mic night that night. Faraz Ozel was hosting. Alright. This was back when he was like nobody too. He was just like local local hotshot he was oh, local yeah. funny guy. And uh I remember he just was like, yeah, 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 I just, I was like, can I actually go up tonight or do I have to sign up? And he was like, no, no, you can just sign up here. You'll, you'll just be way down the list. And I go, okay, that's fine. Like I had to, I think that helps that I had a good attitude about it. Uh-huh. Like I, I cause you know how annoying people can be, but sometimes you just, I give people the benefit of the doubt when they just start. Like if I'm hosting and they got a lot of questions because I'm like they just don't know yet they don't uh-huh. know the etiquette but so many comedians can be so judgmental like ugh I'm never going to put that guy on stage he's just always asking me da, da, da. And it's like just to be honest with these fucking people exactly like we're all kind yeah. so I just go like when people bother me I go look man I'll get to you when I get to you uh, just to let you know if you want to get up it's probably best not to come bother me during when you see that I'm busy and it they'll be like oh shit sorry my bad and you're like no it's cool just now you know
0: right so now if, you've been aware
1: yeah if you do it again now it, then I'll be annoyed
0: mm-hmm.
1: so he threw me up I sh- was actually like 20 real people in the crowd at That's the cool. it was weird and so I went up and I was deathly nervous for the first three seconds because <laughs> with music you can have like guitars and drums cover up like if you fuck up a lyric or whatever, or if the drummer kind of misses a beat or a stick falls out of his hand, like the other instruments still go.
0: And plus, you have something to lean on when you're up there. It's just it's you just and the you. Magic talking stick.
1: Yep. So, but as soon as I started speaking my first words, it was fine. Uh huh. And I did five minutes, and the material was god awful, mm-hmm. but I got last because I knew stage presence through doing music, so I could sell sell it. I sold the jokes, the terrible jokes, <laughs> and I had a decent set, and I, like you said, I got that high, that, uh-huh. that buzz, and that was it. I was just like, I called one of my friends who lives here in L.A. now, and I was just like, I have to keep doing this. Yep. He was like, oh, you did stand-up? And he he started doing stand-up like a year before that, and I go, yes, and I don't want to stop. Yeah. I'm like, I never want to stop doing this. I don't, this feeling, whatever this is, I want it. To I want it forever.
0: It. It's funny. No, I, yes, I completely understand that. But I agree, like, you go in different ways. Like the Hermosa Beach show, Eric and I were talking, and he's like, hey, are you going to the Hermosa Beach show? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm all, John and I love that show. We love support. And we like to support people. I like seeing people succeed. I mean, if they deserve
1: it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah.
0: And then Eric looked at me, and he goes, you know what? I'm going to let you open. I'm going to give you five minutes. And I go, I didn't ask for it because I didn't want him to think I was that type of person. Right, 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 right. That's why I'm giving it to you because you weren't asking. You were genuinely going to support me and be there. And I'm like, I love that show. I love Mary and Donald. And he's yeah. like, yeah, you're opening. And I'm like, okay. So I've gone about it like really slowly and low key.
1: Yeah, you're it's- doing it the right way. You're not imposing, but you're being there.
0: Right, and I'm be- I'm doing it my way. Not and
1: you're engaging
0: people. It's- the way other people should do it but this is the way i feel comfortable i feel good about myself when i go to bed at night well, yeah. kind of maybe well at least this aspect of it and um you know i'm like okay i didn't palm i didn't bug like i'm cool and i fit and when i do get spots i'm like okay i feel good like i'm good
1: see it was it's a little harder for me because so i found the way my, the way that i get into things with people like get into it is people People can read me, like, a book. Like, whatever about... Even if I'm, like, trying to act happy, like, people can tell when I'm sad. Uh-huh. Like, I wear my emotions on my sleeve, and I don't... I wish I could hide it better, but I just can't.
0: And that's you. And
1: so, what I literally had to do was just, like, even when I was acting, like, hey, whatever in the parking lot, if I was working loud or talking to paid regulars, I would... They could still feel it. And I talked to some door guys about it, and they're like, no, Isaac, you have a great vibe, like, when you're around people, but when you start to get bummed out, it's, like, really... It, Basically, they were saying like it's really bums everyone else out, and they just don't want to be around you. And I'm like, well, but I'm st- I'm not really bummed out. A- and then they said, we can tell. Like, you're, you so it. I've literally, why I say it's harder, <laughs> what I had to do is, is I literally had to change my perspective on life to, like, start getting people to actually want to be around. Okay. So I've just started embracing the struggle more, and I started, I know that's, like, the fucking cheesiest white, hashtag embrace the struggle.
0: But it's but, true, like- though.
1: Yeah, you have to. And, like, it was really because Eric Myers. Okay. Which- I told you about how he was crashing with me because uh, uh-huh. he relapsed again, and he was. I, I let him stay with me to detox and sweat it all out, and you know, took him. We went out for coffee to write jokes and stuff. And that guy writes for an hour a day. That's why he's so fucking good. By good the way, for him. he's 18 year vet, and he writes for an hour a day.
0: Yes. But,
1: but he kept telling me, he was like, Isaac, I've, done, I've known you since you were like three years into doing comedy. You're like from San Diego. It's where I met him. And he's like, now you're working up here. You earned it. You deserve it. He goes, you're, you're complaining to me about all these, you know, how do you get spots and, you know, you don't want to be jealous of other people, but you always end up there because it's just hard not to. Sometimes you're around it mm-hmm. and you know you're funny and stuff. And he goes, look, just embrace like... You know you're funny enough. Just talk to these people. Be persistent. Like, don't back down. And when you, you know, don't take no for it. Like, for the you know, pe- people are going to br- brush you off the first time. A lot. Probably the second, third, and fourth time. And he was telling me all these stories about, you know, how long it took him to get past and at the store and how to become a, you know, a regular headliner at these other clubs. And he was like, I was sending emails out like crazy and just getting rejected. And he's like, dude, I've been doing this 16 years. How is this happening? And he's like, but then eventually you just wear them down. And, I, and I'm like, well, I don't think that way because I'm a Midwestern kid who just likes to, I don't want to impose Hose on anyone and he's like, Well then you better get used to it because right. because they know what the they know what the deal is. These bookers, these people like they know what it is and they can they, they're trying to test you. Right. And so he just gave me a lot of insight on like just embracing bullshit you're gonna have to go through because you're just you're funny enough and you know that so you just know you're gonna have to go through some shit. Right. And you'll be a better comic and a person for it probably.
0: That's true.
1: He, but he also it also helps when a headliner like him gives you uh, like a, a nugget of hope. Yes. And what he said to me was he goes Isaac you're you're funny enough. He's like first of all I want you to feature for me when we go to Tampa. Nice. And so I'm going there Halloween to feature for him and I'm going saturday this weekend to do a guest spot in in, a stir crazy in phoenix to try like showcase a little bit for the guy there okay and uh yeah he was he was basically telling me like just you're funny enough that if you listen to me and everything i say you'll be full-time on the road in like a year okay and i was like dude that would be my dream he was i'm like i don't even care if i make less than i make now like as long as I'm surviving uh-huh. and I'm just doing comedy-related stuff, I will be the happiest person ever. Because then I could I could go I could call my mom and dad and say with confidence, "Mom, Dad, I'm a comedian."
0: Right, exactly.
1: Like for real this time.
0: Well, okay. So how did you meet your now ex-wife? Because you were doing comedy then, right?
1: Yeah, I ha- I actually headlined the back room of uh, a strip the, tell me yeah, she's a stripper of Deja Vu. No, <laughs> uh, the back room of a of the Comedy Pals, they started doing shows in the back room and it was like this is what should have been a red flag right off the bat. Was she was dating the guy who produced the show,
0: uh-huh. and then
1: like after I got done performing, like she like broke up with him like the next day, and then like hit me up.
0: Oh
1: yeah. And I was like, yeah,
0: like, I'm gonna marry her.
1: Yeah, it's the first thing that came out of my mouth. It was like, I'm gonna marry this bitch, uh, <laughs> but and she's gonna fuck me over. Uh, but no, she uh, yeah, we met that night, and she like was the one. There was like eleven people in the crowd. I did like forty five minutes. And she laughed at like all my jokes except for like one or two, and I was on this big like anti-woman mindset at that point in time. Like some other chick, or whatever, pissed me off about something, and I just and ranted girls. about it. Yeah, fucking white girls, dude. Mm-hmm. White girls named Stephanie in particular. Ooh. For some reason, like, I always get those. But uh, anyway, she she came i said what's up to her afterwards and i was just like that was back when i had a lot of confidence with women too okay <laughs> not so much right now uh working on it but wing woman you're there wing for me woman. You know? Boom. uh and yeah. she told me she had broken up the next day like with that guy and i just like asked her out immediately and like we fell in love in like a week and i let her know on, like, our third date, I was like, look, within the next, like, six months, I'm gonna move to either LA or New York City to pursue this dream of mine, and if you can't do that with me, I'm going to need to know now so I can end this. Uh, I just don't want, I don't want to be, like, to have any guilt and, like, problems between us, so it'd be better to end it now if it's gonna end. Mm -hmm. And she was like, no, I'm all in, like, I'll move with you, we'll get a little place together, da-da-da. And then when we got divorced she I'm not joking she literally said you know the more I thought about it the more I was like I don't think I could be with someone in this industry Yo. I was like bitch the third date, I asked you
0: I told you you should
1: have just said no and we could have avoided this
0: it was a spoiler alert right there yeah seriously like I'm telling you the ending of this story if you don't like right. it stop reading now
1: well but that's how you learn how like conniving some people can be which is I won't say women I'll say people
0: no and it's true <laughs> like women and men and it's that's hard for me too because I'm a very genuine person.
1: Yeah, and I, I thought say, she was.
0: And um, that's that's another thing that's hard for me is like when I tell people I'm gonna do something, I do it. And like even with this podcast, people are like, "I want to be on your podcast. I want a massage," and then they flake out. And I'm like, "Wait, but mm, that's not how." So that is what that is my learning curve right now. I need to learn that not everybody means what they say.
1: Well, but let so but let me tell you something though. Okay. This is where it gets tricky because you are a genuine person but you do things because you legitimately want to do them yeah there's no ulterior motive but that's the thing with her why i thought she was really honest and genuine is like she would do all kinds of things for me and for people but like with resentment behind it right but trying to play it off like she wasn't because she didn't even know how resentful she was right so she'd be like doing something for me and i'd ask her to do something just like out of as a favor like you can say no you know it's not and she's like no, no no i got it i love you i'll do it and then it's like she really is hating the fact that she has to do this right now you know right like in my head i'm like i didn't realize that i was just so in love and being in that relationship and getting divorced uh taught me one very important thing and both of you ladies could probably back me up on this uh, it's more important to see what you don't have in common with someone than what you do.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. John and I are the complete opposites. Like, he took the four-and-a-half-year plan in high school. I graduated and did the high school graduation speech and went straight into college, and I've never done drugs. John's done enough for both of us. Uh-huh. And yeah, we're the complete opposites. But when it comes to stuff that I need, like him being supportive, him being behind my dreams... Yep. Like, he's been to almost every author signing, every show, big show I've done. And, yeah, it's important. And
1: that's what matters. On that deeper scale, are you guys... That's where it's like, are you guys on the same level? Are you guys vibing? Do you have the same understanding of the principles of your relationship and how they work? And are you going to grow
0: together? Right. You're not the same person you were 10 years ago. Exactly. You don't want to be. Like, who wants to be the same person?
1: Yeah, and she, like, admitted she married me for, like, my potential like at the end of the marriage and i was like that's the worst reason to marry anybody
0: you know john that is so funny john's ex-wife told him i married you because of the person you wanted to be like your dreams
1: right right
0: and i was like what a cunt one yep
1: yep. and what a cunty thing to say at the end
0: yes like
1: like if you say that at the beginning, then I go, oh, so we should not be together, right? Right. We or, should probably. Or not she's not be gonna this. like
0: me if I don't achieve what I want to achieve.
1: Um, but so anyway, uh, yeah. So like that, she was the perfect example of like why I believe that statement. You know about just being knowing what you don't want in someone versus what you want because if you if you see someone and everything you want in them, and then you fall for them it overshadows all the, it masks all the defects that that person has.
0: Right, and you know what the good thing though is? Every failed relationship allows you to see your hard don't.
1: Right, like your right. hard passes, yes, exactly. like nope, I'm
0: not gonna go with that. Nope, I don't right. go with that.
1: Like, I can see the signs. That's why I don't get in relationships as much these days. I'm like, I can see the signs. I'm trying not to be too bitter about it. Right. But I can see the signs. I can see what's going to happen, where this is going to go bad if we don't, like, turn the ship around, you know? Right. Uh, But, like, so, for example, specific example here. So, my ex-wife and I were big, like, nerds about, like a lot of sci-fi and fantasy stuff Uh so like we both loved going to like harry potter world we had like universal like annual passes uh we both loved growing up like watching the same disney movies and stuff Uh we're both musicians so we would like we would play together and like harmonize and i play guitar and she'd sing and we harmonized and like we sounded really good like people would tip us and like fucking you know people loved us right and then and we were like Lord of the Rings nerds. Like we had all these Lord of the Rings themed stuff in our house. Like our vows, get this, our vows when we got married were like very lord, like very lord. Like literally one of her lines was like, like I know that you will be my king on the way to Mordor.
0: To <laughs> <Holy laughs> like all
1: the shit. demons, all the, none of the orcs in the world, can, like, like we there's were that demonology
0: nerdy. stuff right there. There we go,
1: full circle, <laughs> bitches. And. We were literally that dorky, but I loved it. I loved every aspect of it because I could be myself around her, uninhibited. Uh-huh. And what I thought was that she wasn't judging me, and I'm not gonna like say that it's all her fault. It's like 99. percent No, <laughs> but seriously. But no, like I, I had a like a, I never ever ever hit a woman. I never will. But I have a temper, and I would we I you know get it. We'd get into shouting matches sometimes. But her abuse from her. Childhood and from her ex husband before me, and like physical abuse, emotional abuse. She's just like a tortured soul. Mm -hmm. And I didn't figure out until we got divorced, like how she's got like certain suicidal tendencies and like all this stuff. I just wasn't aware of how deep it ran, you know? Right. So then we ended up, uh, it's at this point I look at it like I dodged a bullet, you know? Because now I have the freedom to do what I want, free of judgment. There's no like, like I start thinking, my dad was like, could you imagine? Isaac, if you would have had a kid with her. Right. Or if you would have continued, like, you know, continued down this path with her, like how bad things would have you'd have been like forty and achieved like nothing from your dreams. Right. And now now that she's been we've been divorced for like a year to a year and a half now. Like all of a sudden I'm like booking all this stuff, like there you go. I've been hanging out with like Taylor Williamson. Thank you. And uh like he wants to take me to La Jolla to feature or to open like Thanksgiving weekend and you know, um, like I said, I'm going with Eric to Tampa. Right. Uh, some guys saw my last set on Potluck this past Monday and came up to me and was like, "I run this show in Palm Springs. I'll pay you like 300 bucks the headline."
0: Hell yeah!
1: And I was like, "Dude, it's all it's all starting to come together now."
0: Good, good, and that's how it should be, and
1: that is the happy ending. Yay! So
0: say all your Twitter stuff, and then we will
1: end on. Good God, it's hot. Um, <laughs> Twitter stuff. It's or anything at isaacallen i-s-a-k-a-l-l-e-n uh on twitter on instagram it's at the Isaac Allen. that's the word the than what i said earlier there you go uh and i do a podcast that i'm gonna have joy and emily on at some point yes. called board with comics b-o-a-r-d uh you can subscribe on itunes and also uh sign up on patreon for only five dollars a month you get all the unlimited uh bonus footage which includes like video and then the extra interview portion that's not on the itunes version and basically it's b-o-a-r-d we play board games with comedians nice and it's a lot of fun there's a lot of shit talking and a lot of accusations like with your family <laughs> that's awesome uh and it's a good time other than that yeah like i said i'm just gigging around come to the comedy store every monday it's free yay
0: all oh. right hope you relax. relaxed
1: goodbye thank you i'm relaxed <laughs>
0: All right, that was that episode, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please, like, subscribe, anything, especially on iTunes. I really need to get my iTunes up. Um, follow me on social media. Email me if you have anything or any suggestions. Uh, Joy'sHappyIndians.com, and have a great day.